Welcome back to Yesterday Today. Uh, this was supposed to be our big Christmas episode. Now, I'm Jake, that's McLean, by the way. And it is our big Christmas episode, but bit of an inopportune moment right now. The landlord's dropped by. Uh, he wants the, the rent check, but we seem to have misplaced it. M- McLean, do you have any idea what you did with that rent check? What You t- you took it down to give it to the landlord earlier. No, uh, no, I said I was going to, but I didn't end up having the time. I just left it on the table there. It, sh- it should still be there. It should still be there. Where's that money, McLean? Where's that money? You, do you realize what it's this means, McLean? It means, it means bankruptcy and scandal and prison. That's what it means. One of us is going to jail. Well, it's not going to be me. Jake, I don't... It's not It's not that serious. Calm down. Maybe we can retrace your steps. Did you buy a pack of gum or anything? A, a newspaper? No, no uh, I, uh, I left it on the table. If you tools don't give me my rent money in the next 24 hours, you're gonna be sitting with the Salvation Army and you're gonna be asking for the donations for yourselves. I'll prosecute the both of yous. Civil. Listen, we're, we're getting... We have the money. We're gonna get it to you. We just... We just, uh... You once called me a warped, frustrated old man. I never said that. Uh, look, sir, look, I- I'm sure the check is around here somewhere. We just gotta look around. Oh, there's, uh, Sidney Snorthoff over there. He might... I- yeah, yeah, Sidney, have you seen the, uh, the- our rent check? We left it on the table over here. <laughs> By the whiskers on Santa's beard, I've seen the rent check. My merry friends, I'm holding on to it right now. What in the Sam Hill is a Sidney Snorthoff? <laughs> Uh, Mr. Landlord, sir, you, you know me. It's Sidney Snornhoff. Uh, we've had many conversations. Did you just sneeze at me? Did you, what, uh, Sidney Snornhoff? That doesn't mean anything. Just give me the money, kid. Or before I bust your kneecaps. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I will give you this rent check on one condition, sir. <laughs> you have to join our little staff Christmas party. That's awfully small-minded of you to expect me to attend a Christmas party. I'm a little offended. Sydney. Who doesn't like a Christmas party? Maybe if you named it a holiday party, I might consider going. But right now, it feels like you're being very not so inclusive to those of different backgrounds around this time of year, not in the holiday spirit. Is that really what you're concerned about? No, I just hate Christmas. Why? Who, 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 who in the right mind hates Christmas? Who in the right mind names the kid Sidney Snorthoff? Hurtful. Uh, all right, guys, guys, we'll, we'll get this resolved in a moment. We really have to get the show started here. Um, so yes, this is our special Christmas episode. We got some festive offerings for you today, including our first show today, which is a show called Radio Reader's Digest. It was sort of like a, one of those anthology kind of shows that have a different story every week. This one has Frank Sinatra in it, and it's uh, probably one of my favorite old-time radio Christmas shows. It's uh, it's pretty good, so I hope you like it too, and uh, we'll see if we can get this uh, situation sorted out here. All I hear about is, is the season of giving, about the Christmas spirit about helping those who, you know, you know, are part of your community. Why don't you help me by giving me my money? We're trying to. If Sydney will stop white-knuckling this check and give it to me. Why don't you just let me squash the kid like a bug? I could kill that boy in an instant. I am not stopping you whatsoever. Uh, nobody's getting anything until this guy's coming to our party. <laughs> Remember, a Hallmark card will best express your perfect taste, your thoughtfulness.
makers of Hallmark greeting cards bring you the true and heartwarming story of a lonely young man's Christmas Eve in a small American town starring Frank Sinatra. For more than a third of a century, quality has been a habit with the makers of Hallmark cards. They are the kind of cards you can be proud to send, proud to receive. That's why, through the years, Hallmark cards have been America's favorite greeting cards. So if you want to send the very finest, look on the back for the three identifying words, a Hallmark card. These three words, a Hallmark card, are your assurance of finest quality. They tell your friends you cared enough to send the very best. And now, as usual, here is Richard Calmer, well-known Broadway actor and producer, to preside over tonight's Hallmark program. Mr. Calmer. Thank you, Tom Shirley, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Our guest tonight is a fairly successful and fortunate young man. He's one of the stars of the MGM Technicolor musical, Till the Clouds Roll By. He has his own radio show on CBS for old gold cigarettes every Wednesday night. He has a voice and a degree of personal charm that has made him the idol of a generation of Americans. And he has at his disposal this evening what I consider to be one of the very finest dramatic scripts that we've ever presented on the Hallmark program. Ladies and gentlemen, Frank Sinatra. Thanks, Dick. And say, I certainly agree with you about tonight's script. And as Crosby might say, Mr. Robert Sloan's sensitive and persuasive treatment of this Reader's Digest narrative is a veritable classic of dramaturgic felicity. <laughs> well, how would you say it, Frank? Well, I, I think I'd call it a happy story, and I'm glad it's a true one. I think it proves something pretty wonderful about the American people. There's a kind of warmth here, Dick, a spirit of friendly giving without thought of return that you don't quite find anywhere else. I'm kind of glad you invited me to be on the Hallmark program tonight, Dick, and I'm glad the story is the rich human report of an incident one Christmas Eve in Illinois. There was room for a stranger. He was sitting on a suitcase in a crowded railroad station, waiting for the gateman to announce his train. He was a Navy flyer just back from overseas, and he was having trouble finding a comfortable position for his leg, the one who was hurt in the crash. He was going to be operated on in two days at the Great Lakes Naval Hospital, but you'd never have known it to look at him. He was sitting there smiling like the happiest guy in the world. Because it was December 24th, 1943, and he was going to spend Christmas with his girl. Water. Water, get these bags. Uh, uh, sorry, sir. I'm, uh, I'm taking... That's us, isn't it, Porter? Yes, sir. That's us, all right. Uh, here, let me help you up, sir. No, no, I can... I can make it. There. Come on, let's get going. Yes, sir, yes. Oh, here, here now. Don't pick up your bag, sir. That's what you got me for. <laughs> I didn't realize I had it. You sure is in a powerful hurry to get aboard, sir. I hope you ain't going to make me run. I'm not running, am I? I? I just don't want to miss that train. Yes, sir. 
She must be uh, awful pretty, sir. Yeah, yeah, she is. I mean, gosh, is it that easy to tell that I'm thinking about it? Yes, sir. <laughs> well, we we better get going. Yes, sir. Uh, excuse me, sir. Are you Lieutenant Scott, Lieutenant Joel Scott? Yes, that's right. Well, I'm glad I found you. I have a telegram for you. Telegram? Uh, yes, sir. Will you uh, sign here, please? Oh, oh, sure, thanks. Right. Want me to go ahead, sir? No, no, wait a minute. I'd better read this first. It might be official in... in... Oh, oh. It's from my commanding officer. It, uh, ain't bad, is it? Yeah, kind of. Look... Report to Great Lakes Naval Station noon, December 25th. Sorry, must cancel leave. December 25th? Uh, that's uh, tomorrow, sir. Yeah. He could have wished me a Merry Christmas. Cowcatcher stops at them all, don't it? Yeah, it looks that way. I generally take a sleeper on this run, but um, I couldn't get one this time. War, you know, kind of cuts in on a traveling man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was a gunnery sergeant in the last one, but uh, they wouldn't take me for this one somehow. They said I might just well go right on selling baby nipples. <laughs> oh? Yeah. You uh, going home for Christmas? No. I didn't think you were. I kind of got a glimpse of that telegram you were reading without meaning to, of course, but uh, you read it so many times I couldn't help seeing that part about the hospital. Oh, that's all right. You don't have to apologize. No secret where I'm going. What's the matter, son? They're going to do something about your leg? I don't know what they're going to do. Lots of things, I guess. What difference does it make? Don't you care? Well, sure I care. I'm just a little browned off, that's all. I was figuring on spending Christmas with my girl. Oh. Haven't you seen her yet? No, not since I got back. Well, uh, where she live, I get around the country a lot. Maybe I could look her up and tell her that I... Oh, I couldn't ask you to do that. She she lives in Bellport. Illinois? Yeah. Well, that's not so far from here. It's only about an hour or so from Rockford Junction. It doesn't do me much good. Where's Rockford Junction? Well, it's just a couple of stations up the line. We get there about midnight. Mm, what if we do? Well, let me see now. If um, if you don't have to be at Great Lakes till noon, I think you can make it. Make what? Connections. All you have to do is get a train over to Bellport and be back in time to pick up the next local to Great Lakes. And I know there's one about 6 o'clock in the morning because I've been on it. Look, I don't know what you're talking about. Christmas is tomorrow. Yeah, but it's tonight too, son, after midnight. Now, if you can get over to Bellport and back, you might be able to spend a few hours with her. At 1 o'clock in the morning? Why not? I bet she'd be willing to see you any time, especially on Christmas morning. Hey, I'll, uh, I'll look it up on the schedule. Gee, sure would be kind of nice. I could send her a telegram. Yes, and... sir. Here we are right here. Leave Rockford Junction at 12.22. Arrive at Bellport at uh, 1.15 a.m. And you can get the 4.30 back to the main line. I can? Let me see that. Sure, it's right here, son, in black and white. You can have a little over four hours with her if she meets you at the station. Oh, she'd do that, all right. The only thing is, I, I'll have to send her a telegram for the next Danville day. Corners! Danville Corners! Gosh, I, I don't have much time to make up my mind, do I? I didn't know you had to make it up, son. Well, I don't, but 
Say, conductor. Conductor. Yes, sir? Have I got time to stop off here and send a wire? Mm, you better hurry, son. We'll only stay here a minute. Well, can't you just, I mean... All right, all right. Put it down on a piece of paper and I'll give it to the station master myself. Gee, thanks, conductor. Thanks a million. <laughs> Junction. Here, let me help you with that grip, son. Hold on. I'm all right. I, I don't need any help, thanks. Well, take care of yourself, Lieutenant. Merry Christmas. You bet. Merry Christmas to you, sir. Good. So long, Conductor. So long, son. Well, you no, thanks. Well, I don't drive one. I, I'm a station master. I just wanted to tell you we don't have any taxi cabs here at the junction, but if you need a lift with that bag, I'll be glad. Well, thanks a lot, but you see, I'm not staying here tonight. I'm just waiting for the 1222 to Bellport. Pardon? The 1222 to Bellport. It'll be along any minute, won't it? Why, are you expecting somebody on it, son? Oh, no, I'm going to take it myself. Going up to meet my girl. Ah. Oh. Haven't seen her for a long time, and, well... We'll be together for a couple of hours anyway. Say, it's a great night, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, only I was just wondering. I've never seen you around these parts before. How'd you know there was a 1222 to Bellport? Are you kidding? No, sir. Well, it says so right here on the timetable. Here, look. Well, that's a regular train, all right. But you know it's after midnight, son. Today's Christmas. What, what do you mean? Well, look down here in the fine print. You can see what it says, uh... Trains marked with a star will not run Thanksgiving Day or December 25th. Gee, it's cold, huh? Where are you taking me? Is, isn't there a phone in the station? No, not a pay phone. I'm about to go down to Woody's restaurant over here. It's at the end of the platform. Oh. And if you get a chance, you ought to try some of that pumpkin pie Woody's got. His missus bakes it herself, and it's pretty... Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try it right after I make my phone call. Are you sure I can't get a cab or a bus or anything to Bellport tonight? Uh, no, sir. Not this late, but I'll tell you what you can do. What's that? Have your girl come down meet you here. There's a train leaves Bellport 115, and that one is running tonight. Oh, gee, I don't know now. That'd be asking an awful lot. Well, it's up to you, son. Uh, uh, this is Woody's place right here. Oh, thank you. It's all right. Uh, I'm coming in with you for some of that pie. Uh, hiya, Woody. Oh, hurry. Right. Got a young fella here who wants to use your phone. Yeah, sure. Right over here on the wall. On on the wall? Yeah. I thought maybe you had one in the booth. In a booth? <laughs> Oh, well, I guess it isn't that important. It's just that I'm going to be talking to my girl. And... Ah, shucks, son. We won't listen in, but besides, I'm sure there's nothing you could say it wouldn't make decent hearing for other folks. Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> I have some of that pie, Woody. Yeah, you bet. Hello? Uh, operator, will you get me Bellport 9613, please? Here you are, Harry. Fresh baker's news. Shh, don't make so much noise. Uh, just a minute, operator. I'll, I'll have it for you in a second. Hey, here, here. You need some change? Oh, thanks. I'll pay you back soon as I get them. Take your time. Uh, 
Hey, it's good fire, Woody. Hello? Hello, Susan? This is me, honey, Joel. Yeah, I'm over here at Rockford Junction. Did you get my wire? Oh, I'm all right. But listen, baby, this, this train to Bellport, it, it isn't running tonight. So I don't think I'll be able to see you. No, not unless you wanted to come over here. Well, there wouldn't be much to do, you know. We'd both be strangers in town and... Well, yes, sure. Yeah, there's a train for, from Bellport, all right. Well, hold on a second. I'll find out when it leaves. Say, would, would you tell me when... It... Bellport at 115 gets here at 204. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hello, Susan. Look, it leaves Bellport at 115. But do you think it's all right for you to... Sure, sure I want to see you. More than anything in the world. No, it, it isn't that. It, I just can't talk very well here. The phone's on the wall and... You will? Gee, that's swell. All right, baby. Look, you bundle up warm now and I'll meet you at the train. Yeah. And Sue, I don't care who's listening. I love you more than anything in the whole world. Ten minutes before the 115 from Bellport pulled into Rockford Junction, Lieutenant Joel Scott was standing on the station platform watching for the beam of light that would tell him his sweetheart's train was arriving. It wasn't exactly the warmest night of the year, but when that light shone down on the tracks, it felt as if somebody had just built a fire under Joel's heart. And when the train ground to a stop and a young lady alighted from the car before the last, he really knew it was Christmas. Sue! Over here, baby. I'm over here. No, don't run, darling. I'll come to you. Oh, Joe. Oh, darling, it's so good to see you. So awfully good. Well, gee, don't cry about it, honey. You'll make me blubber in a moment. <laughs> All right, I, I won't cry. I, I didn't when you left, and I'm not going to now. That's a good girl. It's just that you look so different, darling. I wasn't used to seeing you this way. Well, let's not think about things like that now. It's Christmas, baby. And we're spending it together, part of it anyway. Oh, the best part. You bet. Gosh, I never thought we'd make it. When do you have to leave, Joe? 6.30. 6.31, to be exact. But that's four hours from now. And we're going to make those four hours seem like a lifetime. Sure we are. Oh, darling, there's so much to talk about. Where we start, where we go. Well, uh, I don't know. This town's dead in the doornail after 10 o'clock. Do you see any lights on anywhere? Oh, not on this side. Just street lights. That's all there is on the other side, too. Gee, I was hoping there might be a dance or something going on, but it certainly doesn't look like it. Oh, I don't care about dancing. Not tonight. I just want to be with you. Well, we can't just stand out here in the cold. We've got to find a place to sit down. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, what about the station? Locked up for the night. Oh. The whole town's locked up, as far as I can see. I guess we'll have to go back to that broken-down restaurant where I made the call. Oh, all right. Well, it's not much, sweetie, but it's about the only place we can keep warm. Do you mind? Oh, of course not. Gee, I'm sorry, darling. I I really should have realized what we were up against before I asked you to come all the way down here. Now, don't be silly. I want to go to the restaurant. I'm hungry. You are? Why, sure. Come on. 
Okay. It's right down here at the end of the... Uh-oh. What's the matter? Look, the lights are out. Now, that place is closed, too. Right, mister? John, look out. You'll get run over. Wow. That guy was really gone. Oh, yes. Oh, they all seem to be going like that on this road. Darling, don't you think we ought to go back to the station instead of trying to hitch a ride? Nobody will stop for us at this time of night. Yeah, we've got to find a place to eat, honey. You must be nearly starved by now. Oh, no, I just said that. I'm not really hungry. Well, I am. Hungry and... Hungry and tired and... Fed up with this tank town. I never should have brought you down here. Joe. I'm sorry, honey. I don't mean to be such a rotten sport, but I wanted everything to be so right for us tonight. And it's all gone just the opposite way. It's still Christmas, Joe. Is it? It doesn't feel like Christmas anymore. Oh, now, don't say that, darling. Well, it doesn't. Not in this godforsaken town. I'll bet you Santa Claus stays away from this place, like that train with a star on it. Oh, Joel, there's a car coming. Some Christmas. Can't even find a place to sit down. Darling, darling, there's a car coming. Well, let it come. I'm not in the way. Darling, he's slowing down. Oh, maybe he'll stop for us. Say that. Uh, ride, mister? Give us a ride? Sure thing, son. Where are you headed? Oh, just down the way a little bit. We're looking for a diner so we could get something to eat. Well, hop in. I'll get you to a diner. Swell. Come on, Sue. All right, dear. Here, let me put that suitcase in back, son. Thanks a lot. Say, aren't you the man that I... Yeah, that's right, son. Harry, station master. Well, we sure are glad you came along. Say, this is my girl, Harry. Pleased to meet you. How'd you do? I reckon you must think Rockford Junction just about the worst place in the world to come to, ma'am. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Well, it is, in the middle of the night, especially for a stranger. Say, uh, what are you doing, Harry? Turning around. What for? Isn't there a diner in the direction you were going? No. Oh, well, we didn't mean to take you out of your way. It's all right, I've got plenty of time. Now, look, uh, I don't get it. There's a diner right down there, Harry. I can see the light. Oh, that, that place is closed. What's the light, John? Oh, I didn't see any lights. Well, I did. Hey, what's your idea of turning off the main road? Where are you taking us? To a diner. Isn't that where you want to go? Sure, but you'll never find one on a dirt road. Oh, you know I won't. Don't ask so many questions, son. I'm taking a shortcut. Joel, it's so dark on this road. Now, don't be afraid, ma'am. Nothing's going to happen to you. You can say that again, because you're going to pull up right here and let us out. Keep your seats. Uh-uh. I ain't going to do anything of the kind. Now, wait a minute. Sit down, I said. I'll let you out when I'm good and ready. All right. You can get out right here. Right where? I thought you said you were taking us to a diner. Changed my mind. I brought you up to this place instead. You can get a meal in here. In where? Right in this house. Come on. There isn't much time. Joe, do you think we'll... Come on, come on. You won't have to stay if you don't like the place. <laughs> I just thought you might enjoy this better than going to a diner. After all, it's uh, Christmas. 
Well, but there aren't any lights on in this house. Sure there are. Just looks that way because the shades are down. <laughs> See, there's plenty of light. Well, I, I guess it's all right. Come on, Sue. That's a ticket. Harry, you got him with you? Yeah, sure have, Woody. I wouldn't let him get away for all the money in the world, not this time. Say, what's the big idea? Merry Christmas, Merry Lieutenant. Christmas. You too, ma'am. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Thank you. Thank you very much. Joe, I, I don't understand. Neither do I, darling. Say, what is this, a party? Sure is, young fella. Party for you and your girl. What? Huh? Yeah, we didn't have much time to get ready, but Woody and I brought some stuff over from the restaurant, so I know we'll all have plenty to eat. I say, got two pies and a turkey. Oh, gosh, I... That's all right, son. You don't have to say nothing. Just have a good time. Sure, have a good time. Goodness knows we almost lost you when that fool husband of mine closed up the restaurant. (laughs) I had to close it, Martha. I was too busy getting things ready. Well, don't matter now anyways. Harry saved the day for us, so let's not argue about it. I should say not. Come on, come on in the living room, son. Make yourself at home. Come on, uh, Sue. (laughs) This is your party, and we know you want to be alone, so we ain't going to bother you none. Darling, look. The whole room's decorated. Gosh. A Christmas tree and everything. Well, uh, the folks in town kind of thought you might like a place to celebrate, so we fixed up this one for you. Now go ahead and have a Merry Christmas. Time, is it, Joe? Oh, don't worry about the time. Don't worry about anything. Harry said he'd let me know when I had to leave for the train. Well, it must be soon now. Uh, do you want to play another record on the Victrola? Dance, Joe? No, let's just sit here and take it easy. I love you, darling. <laughs> just like that? Just like that. And this. What's that, darling? Who's singing? Early morning carolers, I guess. She wears all the comforts of home. Yes, I know. We didn't miss a thing, did we? No, darling. These people thought of everything. Even the presents under the tree. <laughs> did, did you see this one? To the officer and his bride-to-be. They didn't even know our names. Time to go, Joe. All right, Harry, just another minute. I, I want to say goodbye. Sure thing. Darling, can't I go down to the station with you? No, no, I I want you to stay here, Sue. Just let me hold your hand for a minute and let me say Merry Christmas the way I want it. Holy night. Oh.
best town, the best people, and the best Christmas I ever knew. Ladies, your Hallmark dealer has a Christmas present for you. It's the new Hallmark date book to help you remember all your important dates. If you've had one of these handy reminders in other years, you know how helpful a date book is in keeping your social life well organized. It never lets you forget the anniversaries, birthdays, and all the other dates that are so important to remember. Its 32 pages offer plenty of space for listing all of your relatives and friends and their important days, as well as your full Christmas card list. It has space, too, to jot down your own social engagements and also dates you particularly want to remember. It sounds like a great big book, but surprisingly, it's small enough to fit neatly into your purse. You'll want to carry your date book with you all the time, so don't wait. Get your free Hallmark date book tomorrow. Just ask your Hallmark dealer for his gift to you, the 1947 Hallmark date book. Hallmark cards are sold at America's finest shops and stores. Stop in tomorrow and ask for your free 1947 Hallmark date book. Yes, it's free. It's your Hallmark dealer's gift especially for you. You're cordially invited to be with us again next week at the same time for another fine dramatic program brought to you by the makers of Hallmark Reading Cards, America's favorite reading cards. If you enjoyed tonight's show, won't you please tell your friends about it and ask them also to tune in for next week's Hallmark program. At that time, you will hear the great and true story of an empire-building doctor who opened the American West for colonization. Our star will be that fine actor of the American stage and the American screen, Walter Abel. dramatized by Robert Sloan from the Reader's Digest, America's favorite magazine. The Hallmark program was directed by Mark Sloan with music especially composed by Jack Miller. To be doubly sure of the finest quality, always look in the back of your cards for those three identifying words, a Hallmark card. Remember, a Hallmark card will best express your perfect taste, your thoughtfulness. Welcome back to Yesterday Today. That was Radio Reader's Digest with Frank Sinatra. And uh, currently, as the situation is unfolding here in the studio, um, Sidney Snorthoff has uh, got the landlord in uh, quite the intense conversation. They've been going at it now for about 15 minutes. Uh, let me peek over there and see what they're talking about. All right, sir, now dig deep into that subconscious. I want to know when your hatred of Christmas really took hold. Was it, was it a bad experience with your mother? Well, I've always had a strong disdain for the holiday. But the real hatred was when I met you. No, surely your issue with Christmas is not with me, sir. This this goes much deeper. I can tell. I will admit that it wasn't when I first met you that I started hating this holiday, although you are a contributing factor at this moment. My real hatred stems from the fact that seeing Santa Claus always reminds me of my ex-wife. 
Now, why, why your ex-wife? Because he's just another fat loser in red pajamas lying to me about who they are. Oh, interesting. Okay, alright, let me write that down here in my clinical notebook. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And while you're at it, could you just sign that check and give it to me, you loser? By the jingling of Santa's sleigh bells, we cannot end this session until we get to the deep-rooted psychological reasons that you, my friend, are the biggest Scrooge I've ever met. But, as in Charles Dickens' classic story, you can be rehabilitated. Hey guys, are we gonna do like a three ghost thing? Like, I can be Marley, right, with the change and everything, and then you could be like the ghost of Christmas past, and then Mondo could be Christmas present, and then you guys don't seem to be going along with this. If you don't cut it out with this fake psychologist shtick, I'm gonna Freudian slip my fist right into your face. Give me my money. My, aren't we catchy today? Okay, guys, guys, please, can you just, just, I'm just trying to do the best I can to just hold this operation together. There's not enough eggnog that's pulling me through the day. Um, yes, the next show we have up is, uh, an episode of Bing Crosby and uh, his uh, annual holiday offering. And McLean, do we have any eggnog left? Because, ay ay ay. Jake, uh, the eggnog reserves are pretty tapped out. I've got the last glass. I'll fight you for it. I am not sharing, so you will have to, if you want any. You will have to fight me. Out of the kindness of my heart, I let you two radio losers come in here, rent out the space, for nickels on the dollar, and the way you'll repay me is by letting that rat of a human take my check and suddenly I'm roped in to some Christmas party shenanigans? Hey, I am in very little control of what goes on here. Alright, now we're gonna use some inkblot tests. Now, what does this remind you of? Punching you in the face. Oh, I thought it was just a black blob, but, well, I, you know, it kinda does look like that now that I look at it from this angle. When the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone waits for me. Welcoming you to Philco Radio Time, produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter, his chorus and orchestra, the Charioteers, Skitch Henderson, and starring Bing Crosby. As is Bing's custom at Christmas time, he opens the program with Adesti Fidelis. And as usual, he will sing it first in Latin. Then with a studio audience joining him, singing it in English. Yes, Ken, I, I think it would be very fitting if our guests here would join in a chorus. Come all ye faithful. Bing, I think it'd be nice if the home folks, the folks listening in all over the world, would join in, too. Oh, it would indeed. Gather round, folks, wherever you may be, and help us sing this eternal hymn. Adeste Fidelis Lady Triumphantes Venite, Venite In Bethlehem Natum Videte 
Thank you very much. Skitch Henderson has jetted in for the holidays, and he now joins me in Mel Torme and Bob Wells' musical Christmas card, The Christmas Song. Art, ready, Lyle? Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe Help to make this season bright Tiny tots With their eyes all aglow Will find it hard to sleep tonight They know that Santa Lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly And so I'm offering this simple phrase from one to ninety-two Although it's been said 
Many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to Christmas program without jingle bells would be like Christmas without mistletoe or something. We're prepared. We're not going to disappoint you because John Scott Trotter has assembled a bouncy version of this perennial favorite. Looking at my libretto here, I see there are parts for the charioteers, the vocal groups, Kitsch, and oh, yes, Crosby catches a cadenza or two. Matter of fact, I open the affair vocally. Roll them, John. Jingle, 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 jingle. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtails ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells. Open 
sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Esther, in that little number just fractured, the vocal group in the charioteurs threw in 8,482 jingles and never dropped a jingle. Kind of vocal work will give you a lower plate wobble, I guess. And now, here's the Philco man with a sprig or two of vocal holly, hmm? And a hunk of mistletoe to you, Bing, from your ever-loving sponsor. Say, the goose really hangs high here tonight. Mm-hmm. What's your Christmas Eve message for 1947, Ken? Just the season's greetings to our friends everywhere on behalf of Philco, its distributors and dealers. Wonderful. Let's parlay that with a happy new year for 1948. Yes, from all of us on Philco Radio Time, sincere good wishes for the Yuletide in the coming year. My, my, we're certainly full of greetings tonight, aren't we? Nothing to sell? Not a thing. Isn't this sensational? Oh, the halcyon days are here on radio, aren't they? (laughs) Jolly Noel from us all. I guess White Christmas could stand one last delivery before the season ends. Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen To hear sleigh bells in the snow present Charles Taswell's Christmas play, The Small One, a story for those who like Christmas and small donkeys. (laughs) 
same winter sun that dances on the winter snows up north sprawls indolently at ease in the thick white dust of El Camino del Norte, old Mexico. A passerby, weary from the heat, has paused to rest in the cool, dripping shade of a pepper tree and has dropped off to sleep. He's suddenly awakened by the shrill voice of Pablo, aged ten, who stands with bare brown legs wide apart in the center of the road and bitterly addresses a small, discouraged, disreputable donkey. A donkey? A donkey you call yourself a stupido? Fine animal with four stout legs, one on each corner. A most splendid tail to shoe off the flies. And a most handsome head stuck in the front to point the way you're going. I see. And what use do you make of this excellent equipment the good God has given you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You're a disgrace to all the donkeys of Mexico. Of all the world. Of all... Pablo. See? Oh, buenos dias. I did not know that... What's all the commotion here, young man? What what has the poor beast done that you should be so angry? But nothing. Well, then why are you... Then that is all he wants to do, ever. Here it is, but two days until Christmas, when a load of wood could be sold in the village to buy gifts and a candle. But does that matter to this one? No, he cares for nothing, but nothing. (laughs) Well, a donkey's a donkey, Pablo. They're all the same. But why? Why of all beasts should a donkey be so... So stubborn. Stubborn? Oh, no, Pablo. That's wrong. But he's all. Always... I know, I know. Everyone says they are. They curse them and they belabor their backs with sticks and they call them stupid, but that's because they don't know the truth about little donkeys. The truth? Yes. It's really not stubbornness, but pride that makes small donkeys so, well, so aloof. No wind, sun, rain, pain, or adversity can touch them. You see, their pride is a shield against all the discomforts man or the elements can offer. But what has a donkey to be proud of? Oh, a great deal, Pablo. Bring your small beast over here in the shade. I'll explain. Come along, Cupido. Listen. Listen, Pablo, do you hear that? Only a small donkey can make that sound with his hoofs as he walks on the stones of the road. No other beast can do it. Sit down. Sit down, my son. Si, senor. Now, as I was saying, people are all wrong about small donkeys. A very long time ago, a great honor came to one of them, an honor so great that it lifted him and all his descendants to an exalted place, a place that you or I or or all the world might envy. Ever since that time, every small donkey has been content to stand and drowse in the sun or the shade. For he alone of all animals, of all men, has already fulfilled his destiny. His destiny, senor? Yes, yes. You see, once upon a time there was a small donkey. He was 14 unhappy years old, and he had worked hard and long for at least twice 14 masters. He was battered and scarred, and he presented a most distressful appearance. His tail was not but a piece of limp rope unraveled down at the end. One of his ears stood straight up like a cactus plant, while the other hung drooping, like a wilted cabbage leaf. His off hind leg had a decided stiffness. What was his name? They called him the small one. His latest master was a woodcutter who also owned four younger, and therefore stronger donkeys, but small one was the special charge of the woodcutter's son. It was the boy who saw to it that small one always had dry straw for his bed. And that the load of wood to be carried to the town was not too heavy for small one's aging back. One day the woodcutter called his son to him and said, 
John? Yes, Father? I have a task for you to do in the town, son. A load of wood? No. I wish you to take this donkey, the one you call the small one, to a shop just inside the town gates. I have already spoken to the owner. He'll give you a piece of silver in exchange for the beast. You mean... Oh, you don't mean you're going to sell small one? He can no longer do his share of the work. Even when carrying half the load the other donkeys carry, his worn-out legs tremble and his sides work like a bellows. But he'll be strong as the others soon. Will you wait and see? Give him a few weeks and... Enough. An old donkey is of little use. One day he might drop dead on us up in the hills, a total loss. Better to take a piece of silver and say good riddance to the beast. You will start at once. You hear? Yes. Yes, Father. The shop you will take him to is the second one on the left as you pass through the gates in town. The second? But that's the tanners. And what of that? The small one's hide is old, but it will make good leather. But he's been faithful. He's worked hard. He's done his best. And you can't sell him to the tanners to be killed. Come now. I'll have no tears. No crying over a miserable donkey. Perry, be off with you. And take good care not to lose that piece of silver on the way home. And so, Pablo... The small boy and the small donkey began their sorrowful journey into town. The boy was heartbroken. He cried for a while. And then he tried desperately to think of some way to save his friend. The sound of the small one's hoofs on the road seemed to say over and over again, going to the tanners, going to the tanners. Suddenly it came to the boy's mind that there was a horse market in the town. If he could sell the small one to some new and kind master, the little donkey would still live, and yet the father would also have his piece of silver. Well, it was early afternoon when the boy and the small one passed through the town gates and down the narrow, twisted streets to the marketplace. Start the bid at 50. 50! 50 it is. We'll make it 51. Come, come, my friends. Are you going to let such an animal go for so paltry a sum? Uh, please, sir, would you like to buy a fine donkey? What? What'd you say, boy? This small donkey, he's for sale. And strong and willing. The price is very cheap. But one piece... No, of... I don't want to buy a donkey. Be off with you. 60! 60. 60 is the bid. That's more like it. Will someone say 62? Come, come, my friend. You'll never again get such a fine horse for so little cash. Look at the proud head. See the flowing mane. Excuse me, please. This small donkey's for sale. Would you like What is it you want, boy? This fine animal, he can be bought for only one piece of silver. Isn't that a great saving? They're bidding 60 for the horse, and I know he can't do half the work a small one. Look, he's very... Go away. Don't bother me. But he's... Go away. I'll take a stick to book you back. And now, my friends, I'm... 83! 83 is the man! Do I hear more? No! 83 once! 83 twice! Sold for 83 pieces of silver! You've made a fine bargain, my friend. Now, who has the next animal for sale? Step up! Please, sir, would you try to sell this small donkey? Go away, boy. Oh, but he's a very valuable animal. He's not nearly as old as he looks. It's just because he's worked so hard. And the other one that doesn't stand up straight as a donkey should. Well, that was a fault of a careless master, not his own. He eats very little, and he's terribly strong. This is a horse market, boy. We've no time to waste on donkeys. But a small donkey would take such a small time. (laughs) 
All right, all right, my boy, if you insist. My friend, my friend, a great bargain I have to offer you. The proud owner terms it a donkey, but it appears to me to be an animated pile of shaking bones. <laughs> you can see how the moths have been at the hide. And the tail, is it a tail? Or is it the stub of a broom? Worn out from sweeping the courtyard. <laughs> a true museum piece, my friends. Moldy with age and loose in the joints. <laughs> He's not. He is not. Ah, but it is not seemly to laugh, my friends, because the owner assures me that this animal is fine enough to share a stall with the king's horses. <laughs> Stop. He shan't make fun of him. Maybe he's... Maybe he's not as handsome as your animals, but he's better. He's a lot better. Small one deserves to be in a king's stable. All right, all right, boy. Take your donkey and move along. We've got business to attend to. Hurry up, off with you. Now that we've had our fun and disposed of the king's donkey, my friends, I want to call your attention to fine And so the boy and the little beast left the marketplace, Pablo. The hours were slipping swiftly by, and the boy knew he must start soon for home, and that he must have the piece of silver to give to his father. He tried stopping people on the street. He inquired from door to door, but no one wanted to buy a small, tired donkey. The sun was sinking fast when he came at last back to the town gates, and he stood before the tanner's door. The boy's face was tear-streaked. The small one's head drooped so low that his limp ear almost touched the ground. The boy said goodbye to his small friend, and he asked forgiveness for what he had to do, and there was understanding in the little donkey's eyes. And then, just as the boy was lifting the latch of the tanner's door, a voice spoke to him. My son? Yes? Yes, sir? I have a great favor to ask. Are you the owner of that small donkey? Oh, oh yes, sir. I have a long journey to make. My wife is not well... I have great need of a strong, gentle animal to carry her safely. Well, small one's very strong and very trustworthy. Yes, I can see. Would you sell him to me? Yes. Oh, yes, sir. But for one piece of silver. One piece of silver? Is that too much, sir? Too much? Oh, no. A very reasonable price for such a beautiful animal. He's not very beautiful, but... But he's good. Yes, yes, I can see that. I'll be kind to him. I promise you that. Well, then he'll work so hard to please you. Here's your piece of silver. Come, small one. Do you mind... Do you mind if I come as far as the town gates? You see, the small one and not I... Not at all, not at all. You'll want to say goodbye to him, of course. You can do that while I see my wife safely on his back. Here we are. Easy, small one. Goodbye, small one. You must be very faithful, and it isn't forever, you know. When I grow up and earn many pieces of silver, I'll buy you back. And you'll have a fine stable and, and nothing to do at all but sleep and eat. Won't that be nice, small one? All right, my son. We're ready to go. Wait, traveler. Yes, soldier? I must make out the record before you can pass through the town gates. Who are you? My name is Joseph. And your wife? They call her Mary. Your destination? Bethlehem. Pass. Come, small one. 
Goodbye, son. Goodbye. Goodbye, small one. Be gentle and sure of foot. And carry her safe to Bethlehem. So Pablo, the small one, traveled the many weary miles to Bethlehem. There in a stable which became a king's stable, he saw a king born. A king of men, of centuries, of life, of death. Yes, the small one's tired old eyes saw the shepherds and the wise men who came to pay homage to his small master. And he heard the voices of angels rejoicing, singing. Singing the very same notes his hoofs had rung out on the stones of the road. And then it came to pass that all those who had laughed at his ragged coat, his limping gait, and his drooping ear, they all envied the small one. For he was part of a great miracle. It was a long, long time ago, Pablo, my son. But today all small donkeys stand and they dream. Especially at Christmas time, they dream of the small one. The small one of Bethlehem. and transcribed in Hollywood.
So what you're saying is, you don't even believe in the existence of Santa Claus. Is this, is this what I'm getting here? I stopped believing in Santa Claus when I was 12. But it turned out, more people are lie to you than just your mother when she wants you to behave around the holidays. Let me tell you about my ex-wife. The second one. Oh boy. You, you, you kind of already went through a whole thing with the other ex-wife. Uh, I kind of don't think you're going to be giving me anything I don't know already. If you're going to pretend to be my psychologist, then let me pretend to care. Okay, okay, okay. But it's always been uh, the case I found that a real deep-seated Christmas hatred comes out of childhood. It comes out of it comes out of not getting the toy you wanted for Christmas. And then, according to all the holiday specials I've seen, you go on a rampage and try to destroy Christmas and steal it from everybody else. And and if only you had gotten that uh, that GI Joe action figure as a kid, then all this could have been avoided. So what was the toy for you, landlord? What was the toy? Sydney, are well, you claiming to be a Christmas hatred psychologist? Well, well, he might be onto something here. There was this one year. I was about eight years old. All I wanted was one of those evil Knievel stunt cycles. One of the ones that every kid on the playground had. But all I ended up with was a pair of socks and tears in my eyes. Fascinating. It is not fascinating at all. I'm quite intrigued. It may interest you to know, Mr. Landlord, that I, Sidheimer von Snorthoff III, have met Santa Claus in person, and can attest to the fact that there was probably a, a clerical error of some sort, your letter got misplaced, but I think once you've been in the position that I have, and have met the jolly old man in the bright red suit, you, you can cut him a little slack for one mistake or two like 20 years ago. 40 years ago. 60 years ago? Kid, if stupid could fly, you'd be an airplane. Correction, I'd be a reindeer. Wait, they don't fly. They are a completely land animal. Are you stupid? Wait, Sydney, you met Santa Claus? When? You guys were there last week! Oh. Uh... When he came to my house! Oh, uh, knew we probably should have corrected that mistake. Uh, yeah. Sydney, I'll plug your ears for a moment. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, uh, <clears throat> Sydney saw Willie last week, dressed up as Santa, perpetrating some kind of scheme. Okay, Sydney, you can unplug your ears. Were you talking about me? Nope. Yes. Who oh. in the world is Willie? And why don't I get paid by him, either? Because it being Confederate bills, probably. I could make it work. Okay, guys, this has been a thrilling conversation, but I gotta play the next episode, which is of Burns and Allen, the Burns and Allen show. In this particular episode, uh... So, I'm really only playing this. I can't vouch for the, the quality of this, as I've, I don't really remember it very well. I have not heard this since I was a child, and we had it on a cassette tape, and uh, it, it's, it's a little bit of a weird one, if I recall correctly. It's, there's some weird dream sequence, and they have a pet duck or something. <laughs> a little odd. But anyway, this is uh, the Burns and Allen Show. If it's one of those ugly sweater-type parties... All I gotta do is wear a sweater with the face of my ex-wife on it. Hello, are you there? Well, we're here, and we've got every May Oliver with us now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, ways better swan soap. Yes, sir, Lieber Brothers Company, the makers of Swan, the new white floating soap that's eight ways better than old-style floating soaps, presents Paul Whiteman. <laughs> Bill Goodwin. Our singer, Jimmy Cash. 
stars of our show, George Burns and Gracie Allen. Burns and Allen show. Now we take you to their home the night before Christmas. The tree has been decorated and George has gone to bed. Only Gracie and Herman, their little duck, are still downstairs in front of the fireplace. Now, Herman, it's 11 o'clock and it's time all good little ducks were fast asleep. <laughs> Herman Burns, you go right to sleep. Well, all right. I'll tell you a bedtime story. Then will you go to sleep? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, once upon a time, there was a little girl. She was very, very beautiful and very, very smart, and her name was Gracie. Uh-huh. Well, one day, she put on her red dress that she bought at Madison's and took a shortcut through the woods to visit her grandmother. And on the way, she met a valiant prince. Uh-huh. The valiant prince. He was awful strong and handsome like your daddy, George. (laughs) (laughs) All right, he was awful strong. (laughs) All right, so he was awful like your daddy. (laughs) But when when she got to her grandmother's, the Wicked Witch... The Wicked Witch. Oh. Remember the night we went to the movies and saw Edna May Oliver? (laughs) That's right. Anyway, the Wicked Witch ate up little Gracie's grandmother and went to bed without even washing the dishes. <laughs> yeah, she was very untidy. So they lived happily ever after and now go to sleep. <laughs> no, Herman, you're not going to get a double feature. <laughs> now, now, go to sleep. And if you're a good little duck, your mama will take you way up to the North Pole to see Santa Claus. And the North Pole is way, way, way... Well, it's so far that you couldn't even get up there without a magic carpet. (laughs) Well, he finally fell asleep. Oh, I'm getting sleepy myself. Oh, take Herman, Santa Claus, the North Pole, magic carpet. Oh, look, there's Santa's workshop. Hold on, Herman. 
goodness, I'll have to get the brakes on this carpet rewoven. <laughs> Gee, it's quiet up here. Where's Santa Claus? Who I am. <laughs> Christmas toys, and now I won't have any presents to give to the good little boys and girls who brush their teeth, <laughs> or their feathers. Ah. Oh, ass and a whack, Gracie, Christmas will be a flop over. Ah. Oh, don't cry, Santa Claus. Be brave and strong like I am. <laughs> oh, imagine no presents for all little kitties. <laughs> or ducks. Here comes Aladdin. Oh, Aladdin, good. All he's got to do is rub his magic lamp, and then he'll get us out of all this trouble. Santa, Santa, listen, I'm in a terrible mess. Hello, Gracie. Hello, Al. <laughs> listen, Santa, the Wicked Witch stole my lamp. She cast a spell and made herself look like Lana Turner. Then she offered to hold the lamp while I kissed her. Oh, that's awful. Well, that isn't the worst of it. When she got the lamp, she broke the spell. You should see the difference between what I started to kiss and what I got through kissing. <laughs> Poor Aladdin. So the Wicked Witch twitched you and stole your magic lamp? Yes, Santa. <laughs> and what a lamp. All you had to do was wish for anything you want and rub it. Yeah. <laughs> and out came Swan Soap. Ah. <laughs> no genie. Genie? Who wants a genie when you can get Swan? Why, Swan is a brand new white floating soap that's eight ways better than old style floating soap. If you rubbed the lamp and got Swan Soap, what would you get if you rubbed the soap? Suds, suds, and more suds. Why, Swan gives loads of rich, creamy suds. And twice as fast, too, even in the hardest water. That's why Swan is not only great for washing the dishes, but it's also swell for hankies and hose and lingerie. Lingerie? What's that? Well, come here, Santa. Oh, really? Well, up here we wear wet flannels. <laughs> yes, and Swan wears a green wrapper with a white swan on her flanks. Carpet is that parked outside in front of the fire club. Well, it's mine, officer. Well, you'd better be mobile, and I'll be giving you a ticket. Aha! Uh-huh. And would a big, handsome lad like yourself, all decked out in a nice blue uniform, be after giving a little Irish Callie a ticket? That lolly will do you no good. I'm an Eskimo. Well, <laughs> uh, Herman, we're going. Ah. Well, we've got to get Santa's toys back. And Santa Claus, when I find the Wicked Witch, I'll send Herman back here. You jump on his back and fly to the castle. Oh, I'm too heavy. It's impossible for me to fly on a witch or duck's back. Oh, nothing's impossible for a man who can be at the May Company and Bullets at the same time. Come on, Herman. The magic carpet is waiting. Well, we're off to find the witch. Hey, there. How about the witch? Oh, now, who's that? Oh, it's a hitchhiker on top of that iceberg. I'll pull up and give him a ride. Well, how far my magic carpet? We're in a big hurry. Thanks, lady. Well, I'm certainly glad you came along. 
What was that that just passed us? Oh, a couple of those high school kids on a piece of linoleum. <laughs> Darn those jalopies. Well, who are you? Who am I? I'm the bravest man in the world. Why, Errol Flynn. <laughs> what happened to your face? That's not my name. I'm Prince Valiant. Oh, how do you? I'm Gracie. I'm the world's greatest hero. I fear no man. I fear no beast. Take him away. Take him away. Help! Help! Oh, he won't hurt you. That's just my little duck. Oh. Herman, stick your wing out. I'm going to make a turn. You know, Prince Diane, there's something very familiar about your face. Were you ever in Vaudeville? I still am. I just finished a split week at Lowe's North Pole. Oh. Oh, I knew your face was familiar. Well... I'm thinking about a new act, and I'm looking for a leading lady. Maybe you'd like to support me. You know, there's something familiar about that, too. <laughs> I guess I should have stayed on the iceberg. Well, I better land and find out where I am. Oh, look. Here comes a little boy down the road. Hello. Hello. I'm very hungry. Have you some supper I can sing for? What's your name? Little Tommy Tucker. Oh, well, here, have a Swiss cheese sandwich. You can eat it and sing through the holes at the same time. <laughs> Thanks. Beautiful dreamer, wake unto me. Starlight and dewdrops are waiting for thee. Sounds of the rude world heard in the day. supper every night? Yes, or the Wicked Witch will cut off one of my legs. Oh, she wouldn't do that. No, she only says that to scare me. Well, I've got to be hopping along. Well, goodbye. Come on, Herman, we've got to find that Wicked Witch. Oh, I'll tell that Wicked Witch a thing or two, believe me. You just wait till I see that Wicked Witch. Oh, you would like to see the Wicked Witch, eh? Me guileless one. <laughs> oh, hello. Nice day, isn't it? It's beastly. But I'm hoping it will cloud up. Little did she realize that I'm the wicked witch in the flesh. But there is of it. <laughs> well, I'll see you later, Gracie. Do you live around here? Who knows where I live? 
One day a lonely castle in the hills, the next a crowded city street. Today a villa by the sea, tomorrow a mountain retreat. Ma, how you doing? We've been trying to break our lease for months. <laughs> I've had enough of this shilly-shallying, my girl. Do you know, you look exactly like someone I've seen in the movies. Now, let me see. Well, is it Annie Sheridan, or are we going to argue about it? <laughs> Oh, I know who it was. Shirley Temple. Don't be fantastic. There's a good 20 years difference between us. <laughs> a few bad ones, too. Well, it's been awfully nice meeting you, but I really must be going. Wait. You're looking for the Wicked Witch, eh? And just what do you want to see her for? Well, because I've got to get Santa's toys back. Oh, I see. Do you know what the Wicked Witch will do to you? She will transform you into a pain-wracked mass of quivering flesh. Then wring your pretty neck and toss your body to the vultures. <laughs> oh, how you're sweet. <laughs> well, you shouldn't worry about me. In fact, I'm a little worried about you. About me? Why, may I ask? Well, you're all alone out here in the woods, and there might be some men hanging around. A man where? Oh. <laughs> oh, all over. I don't suppose you could direct me to the castle of the Wicked Witch. Just straight ahead. You can't miss it. The walls are made of from bones of skeletons, and the cornices are decorated with human skulls. Oh, well, I couldn't live in a house like that. Why not? No barbecue bits. <laughs> Anyway. You're quite welcome. Little does she know that I have given her the wrong direction. The treacherous swamps lie in her path. Those swamps have killed hundreds of men. Damn it. What a cute little duck. Oh, yes, he's just like my own son. His name is Herman. Oh, indeed. Little does she know that tonight... I shall dine on roast Long Island, Herman. <laughs> well, goodbye. Well, Jim, she's gone. She's disappeared. Come, Herman, we've got to find... Herman? Where's Herman? Herman! Herman! Gracie, Gracie, are you still in trouble or can I come back? Oh, valiant prince. Herman is missing. He must have been duck-napped. Darknapped? Then the woman you were talking to must have been the wicked witch herself. Well, how do you like that? And she talks just like a bastard girl. <laughs> Look, there's a duck feather. Oh, and there's another one. Herman must be pulling out his tail feathers to leave the trail. Well, now we can find the wicked witch's castle. Come on, let's go. Look, there's another feather. Oh, I hope poor Herman isn't catching cold. Oh, look. Is that a blimp up there? Hello, kids. <laughs> That's no blimp. That's Humpty Dumpty sitting on a wall. Oh, gee, isn't he big and round? He, he must be at least 65 cents a dozen. <laughs> Say, Humpty Dumpty, we're looking for the Wicked Witch. Will you come and help us? I will, just as uh, soon as I finish eating. Well, when will you be through? That's funny. Somebody asked me that same question 20 years ago. <laughs> Didn't you ever do anything else but eat? I don't know. When I get home, I'll look in the diary. 
Oh, please help us, Humpty Dumpty. The Wicked Witch stole all of Santa's toys. Oh, then I'll go with you. And I'll take along this spaghetti to tie her up. Gosh, you don't need that much spaghetti. Don't worry, it won't go to waste. Oh. Well, I'll call all my eggs together. Wait, I'm going to blow on this lamb chop. <laughs> oh, what do you think of that? He blew the paper panties right off the chop. <laughs> all right, eggs, we're off to get the witch. Kiss your sunny sides up. We're off to get the witch. We're off to get the witch. I hold the cherry, oh, we're off to get the witch. We're hunting for the witch. The valiant prince will protect you. I'm not afraid. How do you like steel? I like steel. Fine. Then I'll put you down. <laughs> oh, look. Herman's tail feathers lead right up to the steps. Wasn't it smart of him to leave a trail for us? If we get the toys back, he'll be a hero. It'll certainly put a feather in his cap. Oh, that's not where he needs them. <laughs> what a ghastly-looking castle. Oh, wait. Here's one more of Herman's feathers. I'll pick it up and save it for him. Oh, he hasn't dropped this one yet. <laughs> oh, my, I'm glad to see you, Herman. 
Now, quick, you fly to the North Pole and bring back Santa Claus. Oh, and Herman, don't fly backwards. You'll catch cold. Well, if we're going in to get the Wicked Witch, I better knock on the door. Well, she's gone. Come on, let's go. No, no, no. Wait, Sergeant Prince, I'll knock. Oh, oh, it's a skeleton. Sí, soy esqueleto y tengo mucho gusto de verlos por aquí. My goodness, Mr. Skeleton. You shouldn't walk around that way. You'll catch a death of cold. You want to get goose pimples? On me, they would not show. I am the witch's butler. Come in. Oh, poor man. That witch must be a slave driver. Look, he's worked his fingers and everything else to the bone. Oh, no, señorita. The work here is very easy. Then, uh, then how did you become a skeleton? I was a heavy loser in a street poker game. <laughs> well, come on, Gracie. The witch isn't home, I hope. Ah, she is expecting you. Step right into the torture chamber and make yourselves comfortable. <laughs> well, will we have to wait long to see the witch? Oh, no. She just arrived. She is outside tying up her bat. Oh. Was she on one? <laughs> See, si, senorita, uh, while you are waiting, senor prince, would you like an arsenic and soda or a beer? I'll have a beer. Fine. Little does he know that the beer is spelled B-I-E-R. <laughs> oh, my, what an adorable torture room. I'll bet she subscribes to the witch's home journal. Gracie. Gracie. Who is it? It's a lad. I sneaked in here and got my magic lamp back, and I'm hiding in this tub of boiling oil. Oh, well, just keep cool. <laughs> well, don't worry. If there's any way to escape, the valiant prince will find it. Come back from that door. Well, it was locked anyway. You know, the witch is not much of a hostess. She's forgotten all about it. <laughs> forgotten you? Not at all, me pretty. Oh, there you are. Miss Witch, I'd like you to meet my friend, Prince Valiant. Yes, I saw him once before at a distance. And it's still a shock. <laughs> well, we've come to get Santa Claus's toys back. May we have them? Patience, me pet. At the moment, I have other plans for you. Really? Oh, quite. For the next hour... I will twist the hair down the back of your neck. I will plaster hot mud on your face. I will pluck your eyebrows out one by one. Oh, oh what do you charge for a manicure? <laughs> I always pay cash. Ah, I'll break your spirit yet. Perhaps it would be better to torture Prince Valiant first and show you how nasty I can be. No, no, please don't hurt me. I will summon me ugly slave. Yes, your wickedness. Put Prince Valiant on the stretching machine. Now watch closely, Gracie, while we stretch his body inch by inch. Come on, come on. Aladdin, Aladdin, rub the magic lamp and get some help. I am rubbing it, but all I'm getting is swan soap. <laughs> swan soap? What's that? What's that? Why, only the first really new white floating soap since the gay 90s, that's all. Why, Swan is eight ways better than old-fashioned floating soap. Aladdin, will you rub the lamp and get some... In a minute, in a minute, in a minute. Look, Witch. 
wet. See how white swan is? My, how good it smells. Come, come, Kreskin. Turn the screws. Oh, Latin. Oh, Latin. Will you rub the latch? She's going to step in. In a minute. In a minute. In a minute. And swan is pure and gentle. That mild is the finest imported Castile soaps. Just grand for bathing the baby. And so easy on your hands when you wash dishes. Latin. Hurry, they're going to break me in two. They are. Swan is really a twin bar. Break it in two. Break it in two. And use one half in the kitchen and the other half in your bathroom for your tub or shower. Rub the lamp. Rub the lamp. Rub the lamp. And don't forget, Witchy, that Swan comes in a green wrapper with a white swan on the front. Help! 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 Awfully noisy in here, don't you think? Would you like a cup of tea? Oh, I'd love some, Miss Witch. Come, let's go into my parlor, little fly. That Prince Valiant is really carrying on. Oh, probably growing pains. Yeah. <laughs> Shall I pour the tea? Please. Mm. Oh, my. There's nothing like a cup of good hot tea. Don't you think so? Mm. You know, you're a most unusual person, Gracie. I may call you Gracie, may I not? Well, of course, uh... uh Gwendolyn. Oh, of course, Gwen. As I was saying, you're a most unusual person. You make me feel a little ashamed of myself. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I just knew you had a good side, Queen. I always say that there's so much worse in the bad of us and so much least in the good of us that it's ill best to behoove us to say anything. That's what I always say. Yeah. And somebody understands you? <laughs> oh, yes. But tell me, how did you become such a wicked person? Naturally, a man was the cause of it all, my dear. What else can make a woman's heart feel as though it would burst and alternately give her goose flesh and fever? Well, speaking personally, a Welsh rabbit. Perhaps. Perhaps. But I shall tell you, Miss Torrey, it begins some years ago at the turn of the century. Which century? I won't go into that. <laughs> it was then that Christopher came into my life. Presently, the whole town was talking of Gwendolyn and Christopher. Yes, yes, go on. Ah, what a man. He was like Tyrone Power. And just enough wise, Mother, to make him interesting. Enter! Uh, pardon my rattling, Senorita Witch, uh, but there is a man outside to see you. He is wearing a red suit and a white beard. Oh, it's Santa Claus. Come in, Santa. Oh, I see. I got you. Gwendolyn. Christopher Kringle, you came back to me. <laughs> My little dream girl. Ah, the love of my life. Here's your bag of toys. Now I can make me quit, Mr. Webbery. And I'll go with you and help spread the joy. Oh, and now all the kitties will have a Merry Christmas after all. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, the diamond prince, I almost forgot him. Oh. Gracie, wake up. Wake up! Oh, my goodness, George. Oh, oh I've been asleep. I've just had the most wonderful dream. Gee, you look short. <laughs> well, come on, let's go up. It's one o'clock. Herman is still asleep. You'll wake him up. Well, give him to me. I'll carry him up. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Remember, folks, buy swan, try swan. See for yourself if swan isn't really eight ways better than old-style floating soap. And now, once again, George and Gracie. I want to thank Edna May Oliver for appearing with us tonight, and in behalf of the entire cast and our sponsor, the Makers of Swan, I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. And that goes double for me. <laughs> oh, and triple for Herman. Good night. All right, welcome back to Yesterday Today. Um, our little staff Christmas party here is going rather well. Uh, it seemed like our landlord was a begrudging guest until we whipped up another batch of eggnog, and he kind of uh, threw himself wholeheartedly into that, shall we say. Let me tell you kids about the horror of living in the city. It'll chew you up and spit you out until you got nothing left but a couple of pieces of worn-out property on the wrong side of town. All I got to my name is the deed to this property and a couple of them uh, arcade tokens from that cheese rat place downtown. Now who wants to sing Christmas carols? I haven't broken out my Irving Berlin in quite a while. Yeah, it turns out uh, Willie's stash of book whiskey made just the right uh, addition to our... Uh eggnog recipe. Yep, and the old landlord, he's quite in the spirit now. I'll give him that. It ain't Christmas, boys, if you're not swinging with Bing. <laughs> I'm dreaming of a white Christmas just like the ones I used to know. Guys, I gotta be honest, I don't think this is better. Where the treetops glisten, I don't know the rest of the woods. Where the treetops glisten, and uh, the Rudolph uh, the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose. They wouldn't even play Paul Rudolph playing the reindeer games. And the only games I get to play in is this sick and twisted game of life that they got going on. And I just can't take it anymore. <laughs> Have a holly jolly Christmas. Thumpity thump thump thumpity thump thump. Oh, the field of snow. <laughs> there must have been some magic in that old stride they found. Cause when they placed it on his head, oh, you got he began to dance around. I got nothing to dance about in my life. Well, that's not true. You've got the rat tokens. <laughs> that rat cheese is closed down years ago. Sorry? I just keep the tokens as a memory. I sold my wedding ring to fund that trip to the, the cheese rats. But you know what I got in return? Tokens? A cold slice of pizza and a couple of worthless tokens that I can't buy back my life with. But you know what? I decided that everything turned out alright for me. Because I got this glass of eggnog. This Santa Claus funny little hat on my head. And the best elves in the world. You guys. My friends. Uh, I love you. What was your name again? <laughs> it doesn't matter. When you're among friends, you're family. Your name is my name. What's your name? McLean. <laughs> McLean is my name. Nice, nice to meet you, McLean. Nice to meet you, McLean. You know... Say I say hello 
Yeah, everyone you meet, say hi. Hello. How you doing? My name's McLean. How you doing? <laughs> Keep it moving. Let's go. Yeah. Anyway, this is the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show with special guest Jack Benny. We're standing underneath the mistletoe right now, and I'm going to give you a big old smooch. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Good health to all from Rexall. Yes, it's Sunday. Time for the Phil Harris Alice Bay Show, presented by the makers of Rexall Drug Products and your Rexall family druggist. Good evening. Good evening. This week, we independent Rexall druggists would like to play Santa Claus to all you tired, last-minute Christmas shoppers. Our present to you is quick, easy, economical gift buying, without all the rush and worry. Suggestions? Well, there's Caranome, for example one of America's oldest and most respected lines of beauty aids, and a Rexall exclusive. We have Caranome in delightful gift sets for as low as $2. And on up to a completely fitted traveling case for $50. And believe me, the lady who receives Caranome will never forget the gift or the giver. Then there's Stag, Rexall exclusive, popular toiletries for men. You can buy them individually gift box for as low as 75 cents. Or in handsome combination sets up to two ninety-eight, And here's another big help. Most of us Rexall druggists are prepared to gift wrap your selections, ready either for mailing or the Christmas tree. So if you're faced with some last-minute gift buying, look for the store with the orange and blue Rexall sign in the window. This week that sign means quick, easy, can't-go-wrong Christmas shopping. Merry Christmas to all from Rexall. And now your Rexall family druggist brings you the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Scharf and his music, our special guest Jack Benny, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. <laughs> For weeks now, the Harris children, like children all over the world, have been thinking of nothing but Christmas and Santa Claus. They've been on their best behavior, and as we look in, we find Alice complimenting the children on their good deportment. Now, you've been particularly good, Alice, and I'm sure that Santa Claus will bring you lots of presents. I hope so, Mommy. And as for you, honey, you've been just as good as Alice. You've been going to bed early, putting your toys away, and eating all your food. The only thing is, you haven't been drinking all your milk. Well, I try, but you know how that stuff gags me. <laughs> Quiet, Phil. I'm talking to little Phyllis. Oh, where is she? She was here a minute ago. She went in the den, Mommy. I'll go get her. Phyllis! Phyllis, Mommy wants you to... Phyllis, what are you doing with those crayons? I'm going to draw a picture on the wall. Don't do that. You know we got to be good till Christmas. But I've been good for three weeks now. Alice, it's an awful strain. I know. But it's only five more days. Don't crack up now. <laughs> it's been so good for so long. I know. But as Daddy always says, it ain't been easy, Clyde. <laughs> Alice, have you asked Mommy and Daddy about Santa Claus yet? 
No, but I will. Children, children, what's going on in here? Yeah, what have you two been doing? Mommy, Daddy, we want to ask a favor. We'd like to stay up and see Santa Claus when he brings the presents on Christmas Eve. Well, honey, Santa Claus has a lot of other stops to make, and he might get here very late, oh, and he can't... Oh, can't we, Daddy, please? Well, uh, well, well, okay. Now, you kids continue to behave yourselves, and I promise that you'll see Santa on Christmas Eve. Now, run along and play. Go oh, ahead. Oh, thanks, Daddy. Gee, I can hardly wait for Christmas Eve. Now, Phil, why did you promise the children that? Now, if they don't see Santa, they'll be very disappointed. They'll see him. And just to make sure, I'll dress up like Santa and come down the chimney. <laughs> they won't be able to tell me from the real one. Yes, dear. Don't you dress up and make believe you're Santa like last year. Boy, was that corny. <laughs> hmm. You know something, Alice? I still can't figure out how they knew that it was me last year. What did I do that was wrong? Well, for one thing, you were supposed to come in singing jingle bells. I did. No, but those lyrics, I can still hear them. Ham, hocks, and turnip greens, they melt right in your mouth. And candy gems and a harmony grits, and that's what I like about the South. Yeah. Oh. And what's wrong with those lyrics? That isn't the way we sing it up north. Well, can I help it if you Yankees don't know the right word? It's when they like a bunch of sand. Yeah. <laughs> Never did it that way in my life. You don't think I can play St. Nick? We'll have to get somebody else to do it. Yes, but who? Well, I'll think of somebody if you'll just let me concentrate. Now, if I think hard enough, something will come out. Good morning, Philip. <laughs> For this, I had to concentrate yet? <laughs> Hello, Alice. I just dropped Hey, Willie, wait a minute. Hmm? Willie, maybe you can help us. Look, we're trying to think of who we can get to play Santa Claus for the kids on Christmas Eve. Now, we want to get someone who looks and sounds like the real thing. I know just the man. Who? Me. I shall be glad to portray Christopher Kringle. <laughs> Christopher. Well, Donner, my Blitzen. <laughs> Fine Santa Claus you'd make. I'd make an excellent one. I'm quite an actor, you know. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can see myself popping out of the chimney, bounding into the living room and saying, Ho, 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 and a Merry Christmas to you little kitties. And what do you, we darlings, desire as a Yuletide memento? Thank you, Tallulah Bankhead. <laughs> Now, you'll do me a favor. Will you get lost, Index? Go someplace and make a double entry. Check some books. Make some mistakes. Find some. Well, you don't want me to help you. I won't. No. I have to run along anyway. I have to meet my girlfriend at the taxidermist. I hope they did a good job on her. <laughs> Imagine that little squirt playing Santa Claus. He couldn't impress me if he came in with a bag full of sponsors. Now, look, Phil, he may be small, but he might be all right. I wonder how he'd look in a fluffy white wig and beard. Like a short beard. <laughs> look, Alice, we got to get somebody who's big and fat and who can come... Hey, wait a minute. I got just the guy, Don Wilson. Oh, Don would be perfect. Sure. I'll call him right now and see if he can come over for Christmas Eve. Oh, swell, honey. 
Oh, now the kids won't be disappointed. Santa will show up. You know, there's something wonderful about watching a kid on Christmas, waiting for Santa and listening for those jingle bells. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, they're making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleigh song tonight. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Hey! Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey! Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. A day or two ago, I thought I'd take a ride. And soon Miss Alice Faye was seated by my side. The horse was lean and lank. Misfortune seemed his lot. He got into a drifted bank and we, we got up sot. Lightning flying over the snow with a head. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, the sleigh bells ringing gaily, singing merrily we go. Gee whiz, I hope Don can make it. He's going to be terrific as the Santa. Uh-oh, that must be Frankie. Hiya, Curly. Hiya, Frankie. Come on in. Yeah. Hey, look pretty good, Waldo. What do you got in all them packages? Christmas presents. Got some things for the kids and Alice. And here's something for you, Curly. For me? Oh. You got a present for a little old curly-headed me? Yeah, I got you. Oh, Frankie. That's sweet of you. Oh, I, I, I don't know what to say. Well, that's all right, Curly. But the thoughts... <laughs> Oh, Frankie, you know how I appreciate it. It touches me deeply. Well, if you're going to get sloppy about it, I'll take it. <laughs> Where's Alice? Oh, I meant to tell you, she's inside calling Don Wilson. See, the kids want to see Santa Claus on Christmas Eve, so we're asking Don to play it. Why are you getting Don Wilson to play Santa? Well, what else am I going to do? Well, let him stay up and see the real Santa Claus. Yeah, but I don't know what time he's coming. <laughs> Can I have that again, Herman? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you let the kids see the real Santa Claus? You know, you better get some sleep, kid. <laughs> so you're another one of those cynics, huh? Wise guy who don't believe. You do? Of course. Just because you've never seen him don't mean he's not there. You must realize, Curly, there are some things in life that are inexplicable. <laughs> There exist certain psychic phenomena that are ethereal and beyond the comprehension of we mere mortals. Don't you agree? Oh, and... Indominably. <laughs> Curly, 
You can take my word for it. The real guy will show up. Look, will you stop already, Remley? I'm in enough trouble. I'm trying to get a guy and you're... All I got to say is it's a good thing kids have more common sense and faith than some grown-ups or Christmas wouldn't be much fun. I know that on Christmas Eve, old St. Nick and his reindeer will come flying through the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you mind if we have somebody stand in in case he's grounded by a low fog over Burbank? (laughs) All right, scoff if you will. I'll drop over Christmas Eve. Maybe then you'll sing a different tune. Goodbye, infidel. (laughs) Poor Remley. He ain't been the same since he switched to buttermilk. Don, but he can't make it. However, he said he has a lot of actor friends and he'll send one of them over. He said we'd have to pay the actor $10. So what? It'll be worth $10 to make the kids happy. Hey, honey, did Don say he could get someone positively? You know, this is very important. Now, Phil, Phil, Don promised, so stop worrying. It's still five days till Christmas Eve, and if you keep this up, you'll drive yourself batty. And for five days, Phil worried. Now as we look in on the Harris home, it's Christmas Eve. Phil is downstairs trimming the tree and impatiently awaiting the arrival of Santa. Alice is upstairs reassuring the children that he'll be there. But, Mommy, it's 10 o'clock already and Santa isn't here yet. Gee, Mommy, do you think maybe he isn't coming? Now, now, don't fret, girls. Of course he's coming. You better watch out, you better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice, gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping, knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town He'll be right with his reindeer In a great big open sleigh With a great big bag of presents Where to give them all away He sees you when you're sleeping He knows when you're awake He knows if you've been bad or good So be good for goodness sake Oh, you better watch out, you better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. There, that's the last ornament. Hey, gee. Looks pretty good, too. Now, if Santa only shows oh, up... Bill, with... I was just upstairs with the children there. Oh, honey, the tree looks beautiful. Yeah, ain't it? <laughs> hey, Alice, how are the kids? Are they, are they impatient? Oh, they'll be all right. Oh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, Merry Christmas, Frankie. Oh, Merry Christmas. Hey, Frankie. Hmm? What do you got there? Milk and cookies for Santa Claus. <laughs> I put them on the mantle for him every year. Milk and cookies? Yeah. I just put them here over the fireplace. Hey, where are the kids? Oh, they're upstairs waiting for Santa. Yeah, and I'm waiting for him, too. When's the guy going to show up? It's after 10 already. I'll be patient, Curly. He's got a long trip from the North Pole. <laughs> Besides, his reindeer ain't as young as they used to be. Oh, keep sleigh. quiet, will you? <laughs> 
paying the guy ten bucks, you'd think he'd get here on time. This subterfuge is also unnecessary. Uh oh, there it is. I bet that's Santa Claus now. I'll let him in. I'll go with you, honey. Okay. Well, Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. Hello, oh. Santa Claus. Oh, 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 Merry Christmas, and where's my ten dollars? <laughs> Jack Benny, come on in, Jack. Hey, Jackson, what are you doing here? Well, Don Wilson happened to mention that you were in the market for Santa Claus, and you were paying ten dollars. So I thought that I... Jackson, since when do you have to go around playing Santa Claus for money? Well, Phil, please, I'm not doing it just for the money. There are other reasons. I mean, I'm doing it because, uh, well, there's, uh, not to mention... Oh, I could go on naming reasons like that all... <laughs> oh, hello, Frankie. Merry Christmas. Huh. Oh, Merry Christmas me, you imposter, you. Well, fine-looking Santa Claus. I think I look charming. <laughs> Charming, he said. Where'd you get that messy red suit? It's got spots all over it. I rented it. The Santa Claus had it last year was a sloppy eater. <laughs> Phil, how do you think I look? Like a bloodshot leopard. <laughs> I think you look ridiculous. Get a load of that white beard. Where'd you rent that moth-eating thing? Oh, oh, that I didn't rent. I was playing gin rummy with Monty Woolley, and I won it. <laughs> Of course, if you people don't like me as Santa Claus... Oh, pay no attention to these two, Jack. I think you make a wonderful Santa Claus. And you're worth what we're paying you. Phil, give Jack the $10. Okay, okay. Here you are, Jackson. Thanks. <laughs> little Phyllis will get a kick out of it. I'll go call little Phyllis and Jack... Uh, Jack, try to convince her you're really Santa Claus, huh? Little Phyllis? Phil, I thought I was doing this for your benefit. <laughs> I mean, if it's for little Phyllis, I, I wouldn't think of taking money. No, no, no. It's okay, Jackson. A deal's a deal. Phil, please don't embarrass but me. But Jackson... But I... it's for the kid. I wouldn't think of taking the $10. Well, if you insist... seven fifty is plenty. <laughs> what kind of a heel do you think I am? Now, Phil... It's mighty sweet of you, Jackson, to play Santa Claus for my two kids. Two kids? Yeah. Uh, see, seven fifty each. Uh, nah, nah, I can't take any <laughs> I can't take any money at all for this. Tell you what, Phil. If you wanna, you can buy me a little something for Christmas. Like what? Anything that Alice can afford. <laughs> I don't care. Okay, but now look, Jackson, it's up to you to make the kids think that you're Santa. This impersonation is preposterous. Santa Claus won't like this. Besides, you'll never be able to fool the kids. Oh, I don't know. Well, wait a minute now, Jackson. It'd be awful if you don't. If there was only some kid we could try it out on just to see if Mr. we can... Mr. Hey, where are you? I brought something for you. Uh-oh, that's Julius. 
Hey, everybody. That's Julius. That's just the kid we need. Come on in here, Julius. Right in here. We're in here. Now, look, if you can fool him, Jackson, you can fool any kid. Don't worry, Phil. I'll just sit in this chair and you watch his reaction when he sees me. Okay, Dad. I certainly hope... Hey, Mr. Harris, I come up. Hey, Mr. Harris, don't you feel a little chilly? No, why? You left your red flannels lying on the chair. (laughs) I'm not red flannels. Don't you recognize me, Sonny? You look familiar. Well, I'll give you a hint. I'm that jolly old man with the white beard. Well, if it ain't Gabby Hayes. (laughs) Julius, he ain't Gabby Hayes. What's the matter with you? Don't you recognize Santa Claus when you see him? This is Santa Claus? (laughs) (laughs) That's right, son. I'm old Saint Nick. Gabby Nick. Don't do this to us little kids. In the name of juvenile humanity, I protest this flagrant disregard. Oh, shut up! (laughs) Now sit in my lap and tell me what you want for Christmas, or I'll break every bone in your precious little body. (laughs) Gabby Hayes, Gabby Hayes. Get away from me, you imposter, you! You're nothing but a fake! I am not! A brown one. I thought so. Wait till I see the real Santa tonight. He ain't gonna like it when I tell him he's being impersonated by some bald-headed snook. There goes a cute little child. He has all the charm of live bait. Oh, kids, kids, kids You can't class him as a kid He's a wise guy Besides, he's older than my kids And when the girls come down They won't know the difference Jackson looks old enough to be... Oh, come along, come on, children He's right in here Well, there he is Gee, Santa Claus Hello, Santa Ho, ho, ho Merry Christmas and hello again This is Santa Claus talking Come here, children And tell me how you like old Santa We like you fine, Santa you're just like we pictured you. Yes, but, uh, Santa... What is it, my child? You look awfully old. Ho, ho, ho. I am, little girl. After all, I'm Santa Claus, and I live for hundreds and hundreds of years. How old are you? Thirty-nine. <laughs> well... Old Santa has to be going now. Here are your toys, girls. Thank you, Santa. Yeah, thanks. Well, I'll be seeing you next year. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Up, Dancer, up, Prancer, up, Donner and Blitzen. Ho, ho, ho! And away! A big ham. <laughs> well, children, what did you think of Santa Claus? I liked him, but I was a little disappointed. Why? I expected him to take out his violin and play Love and Blue. <laughs> you mean you kids knew it was Mr. Benny? Sure. But we didn't want to say anything and hurt his feelings. Daddy, when is the real Santa coming? Well, uh... Well, you see, honey, he's... 
Well, he'll be here soon, kid. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Look, kids, he may get here too late. So I'll tell you what. I'll tell you a Christmas story, and then, and then you run off to bed, huh? Well, all right, Daddy. But we wanted so much to see him. I know you did, and maybe you'll see him next year. Now, look, sit on my lap, and I'll tell you a beautiful Christmas story. You ready? It was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The... I thought I heard sleigh bells. No. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced through their heads. Alice. Alice, what are those bells? What's that? Shh. Quiet, Curly. Merry Christmas, Santa. Frankie, who are you talking to? I don't see anybody. The kids do. Look at them. Gee, Santa, we knew you'd come. They couldn't fool us with any make-believe Santa Claus. We were waiting just for you. Oh, sure, we've been very good girls. Oh, what a lovely dollhouse. Thank you. And all these things are for me? Can I open them now? All right, Santa, we'll wait till morning. Thank you very much. And a Merry Christmas to you too, Santa. Of course, we'll tell them. Merry Christmas and goodbye, Santa Claus. Told you'd show up, Curly. But Frankie, I don't get it. I heard it, but, but, but I didn't see him. Of course you didn't. He sure is a nice-looking old gent. Alice, did, did you see him? I'm not sure, Phil. I, I almost thought I saw him standing by the fireplace. But Alice. How could it be? If he was standing there, I... Phil, what are you staring at? The mantle. Alice. The milk. And cookies. They're gone. The first Phil and Alice will be back in just a moment. But now, 
Here's your Rexall family druggist, speaking as another stand-in for Santa Claus. Yes, friends, there are 10,000 such stand-ins for Santa this week. 10,000 independent Rexall druggists who are ready, willing, and able to take the rush and worry out of your last-minute Christmas shopping. You see, we've seen to it that our stores are filled with beautiful, distinctive, sure-to-please gifts. For the home, for the children, for the entire family. Gifts it's a pleasure to choose, economical to buy. So look for the store with the orange and blue Rexall sign in the window. This week, it's headquarters for quick, easy, last-minute Christmas shopping. Merry Christmas to all from Rexall. Phyllis, Alice. Look, children, uh, Santa said something to you, and you said, yes, we'll tell him. What did he say? He told us to be sure and wish you and Mommy a Merry Christmas. Now, wasn't that sweet of him? Now, girls, you're all tucked in, you've seen Santa, and you have everything you want. So go right to sleep. Good night. Good night. Good night, babies. Daddy? Yes, dear? Can I have a drink of water? Go to sleep! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Phil Harris. The Rexall Drug Company, Alice and I, and our entire cast want to thank you so much for listening to our show and wish you the best Christmas you've ever had. Merry Christmas, folks. And our grateful thanks to our pal, Jack Benny, for being with us. Thank you, Jackson. Good night, everybody. Christmas seals you buy once a year will help protect you from tuberculosis all the year. Use Christmas seals generously. This is Bill Foreman wishing good health to all from Rexall. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed uh, this presentation of yesterday today. And, uh... <laughs> hey, guys, glad to see we're all in the spirit. Hey, who wants to go Carolyn? Did you just say Carol? Yeah, Carolyn. That was the name of my ex-wife. Ah, <laughs> the third one. Oh. The one after Wendy. You not... I can't take this anymore. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Don't worry, he'll be back around in a couple minutes. All right, well, uh, thanks for listening to yesterday today. Uh, Merry Christmas to all. To all a good night. Um, it's, been, uh, it's been a lovely... Except Carol. Yeah. Happy holidays. Uh, Feliz Navidad. Joyce Noel. Um, Natali. Uh, McLean, do you know any other uh, ways to say Merry I'm, Christmas? I'm... I'm running out. Meli Kalikimaka. There it is. That's yeah, the one I yeah, that's that's the other one. Um, so is he just gonna sleep on that couch there tonight? Uh, that might be best. I was probably just gonna head out after we were finished here and probably just come in the morning and you know let him out. Okay. I don't sleep. I pretend to sleep and wait for Santa Claus's fat butt to come down the chimney so I can give him a piece of my mind. We don't, we don't have a chimney. Okay, you losers, I'll go wait on the roof. Okay, good luck. Yeah, you guys better have that money next week, because I'm not giving you any more time. What? Sydney gave you the check. What? I, I've kind of been in a drunken stupor. If you could help me find it. Oh, boy. Hey, right, bye, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye.